Hello, Dottie. It's me, Pee-wee. Where are you calling from? Jackson. Where? Honest. Listen, I'll prove it. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, episode 220. And tonight we are... 221. 221. Thank you. We are doing beers from the Lone Star State, thanks to Super Listener Bill. He went on a uh, beercation around Texas, collecting beers for himself, and he was kind enough to grab samples for us. Wow. As uh, as he was going. So we got uh, five beers we're going to do tonight. Let's start with I, this one. Well, seems- I say we should start with this one, I think, just in terms of the way that things go. Well, this one's an alt, though. This uh-huh. is a Hefe. Yeah, so this one should be a little cleaner profile. Than All that. right. All right. So we'll go with the alt, then. This is Alteration from Hobson Grain. This is a uh, 2012 World Beer Cup gold medal winning alt beer. Using Brewed using old world techniques. German malts, noble hops. Uh, Munich, Vienna, and a touch of debittered black malt. Mountain Hood, Hillertau, Herzbrucker, and Czech Zotz. Okay, the beer, as you might have heard from the opening of the container, comes in a can, 12-ounce can. Nice little um, graphic design on this thing. It's kind of uh, kind of reminiscent of um, 70s. Early seventies or label or something like that, or maybe. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's got kind of a yeah a fifties or early sixties kind of That's, stylized. Yeah, that, yeah, it's a futuristic fifties sixties yeah. thing going on. Yeah, I like the kind of the yeah, the style of it. It's uh, it's good. So I don't see the uh, alcohol by volume on this one, unfortunately. The um, beer pours. Pretty dark. It looks like a brown ale or something. Uh, actually, we're drinking them out of our Spielglas snifters, and uh, uh, I cannot see my finger on the other side. So it is almost like a. It's not black like a porter. There's definitely brown bouncing off of it. But um, here we go. Five percent alcohol by volume. Forty IBUs. Color eighteen SRM. It's dark like a like a brown porter yeah. or a, a you know pretty pretty dark brown ale. Roma has those 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 German bready malts you get in the Vienna smell. It smells like a good, good kind of has a almost like a pumpernickel reddish kind of smell. Maybe maybe a little bit there. I think um, it doesn't have very much rice. I mean, it doesn't really smell like a rice. It's not rice, so, yeah. But so I, I would be you know that's why I'm hesitating calling it pumpernickel. But I get what you're seeing where it you know it has some some of those darker roasts and it has a little bit of that richer smell that you might get from a pumpernickel. Well, just a tiny hint of you know a cocoa or, or chocolate in the aroma there. Wow. That is one of the best alts I've ever had. I'm not a huge fan of alts. Um, I tend to think that they, they kind of overdo it with this. It's not smoke, and it's not caramel. It, it's kind of this, this deep molasses, uh, like, uh, hmm, uh, uh, with, with, a, with a hint of, like, tobacco. Okay, and uh, it can get really strong, and I think this is pretty pretty well balanced here. 
it's it's a deep licorice tobaccoish kind of flavor. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it is very good. It, it is different from many alts. This one has a little bit of that darker character to it. It doesn't taste roasty like a porter, but it's certainly headed in that direction. You know, it, it's it's straddling the line between being an alt to turning into one of those really dark box or you know sure. where a brown ale would turn into a porter you know you're kind of in there where an alt would turn into a bock or where a brown ale would turn into a porter i guess mm. alt to bock you know you're, you're jumping ships from ale to lager there, yeah so that's not a perfect it's not, it's not quite for me but um okay a doppel alt a, a doppel doppel stick alt <laughs> <laughs> a what a what what a doppel sticker alt it, I, I would say the closest, you know, it comes closest to, to a licorice porter. You know, actually, I have had a couple shtick. I mean, you don't get them very often, but I have, you know, the Victory uh, Anniversary Beer, I think their 10th. You know, we didn't like that one, but that was a doppel shtick alt. But I have, did have one other shtick alt, which I, I think shtick just means it's going to be darker. It's going to be almost the porter of, of alts. And um, this is similar. So, you know, actually, this might you know, fit in that kind of category there. It has a kind of musty flavor. Um, yeah, that that's really coming through. I think the, the hot bitterness is really pretty. It, it's nailing it. Uh, it. It's, it's getting it just right so that it, it it's balancing out uh, that, that mustiness. It doesn't overpower. So here's a definition from the German beer Institute. Um, Stickelt, um, the way they pronounce it, uh, it's uh, aka the Leitzen beer, and it's a darker and stronger seasonal variation of the traditional Dusseldorf alt beer, invented by, oh man, it's this brewery that I know, someone told me how to pronounce it and I don't remember, it's U-E-R-I-G-E, it's a, uh, oh when you hear it, it doesn't even sound like it starts with a U-I-E-R-G, you know, it just sounds completely different. Um... Yeah, so I, I do think this is um, it's like Eric or something like that. Is that what it is? Or <laughs> I, I I don't even want to hazard a guess on how to pronounce that brewery, but uh, it is the you know the uh, alt beer you know the Shika alt that you can get you know imported in some places in the country, and this reminds me a lot of that. That that was the one that I was trying to think of earlier. This is very good. It's uh, it's very. Very interesting, very uh, drinkable, which is not what I would expect out of an alt beer, not at least the ones I've tasted. And I have not gone crazy running out, running around for alt, so I wouldn't, you know, I would, I would take that a little bit uh, to heart. I don't have a huge experience with alt. So just the beer was... is full-bodied and well-hopped with a surprising balance between bitterness and nutty malty sweetness, overlaid with strong notes of chocolate and roasted, uh, but not acrid malt. Chocolate and roasted, but not acrid malt. This is the definition of Jeff the Stickalt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that pretty much lines up with this. You know, well hopped. That's a German writing well hopped. That's yeah. not an American hophead writing well hopped. So keep that in mind. Yeah, and, and I think German-wise, I think this is this would be considered well hopped. Like I said, it, it's it's... Really, extremely well balanced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is uh, darker than I was expecting, but I'm really happy with this. I am too. I'm. Uh, this is the alteration from hops and grain. I, I I will I would easily 
easily recommend this. Um, I, I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic for an alt beer. I think it's fantastic for a beer. Mm-hmm. Let's see, is there anything useful here on the label? They're uh, sustainably minded. That's part of the cans. They say sustainably once on the label, and then the side label talks about um, you know them being responsible stewards of the planet. Good for them. They didn't say stewards of the planet. That was me paraphrasing. Oh well, I figure that's their <laughs> that's their idea at least. Yeah. All right, kind of so... found aware in Texas they are Texas. Being a somewhat large state, Austin. They're in Austin. All right, want to move on to the next one? This yes. This is the, uh, the Bavarian Hefeweizen that you wanted to do. This is from North by Northwest. The label is kind of an inkjet label, and uh, this was sitting in a water-filled cooler for several days. So it's kind of worn off, but I have what essentially would be on their label. Not much information about it. Pilsner malt and white wheat, topped with German Hellertau hops. That's it. That's all I got. It has a big banana. Big banana-y smell in the nose. Ooh, wow, yeah, it sure does. As soon as I cracked the cap, the banana started running out of the bottle. Well, this will, gonna have to, so it's a bomber, so rousing the yeast here is going to be not quite as easy as normal, but I think we can manage it without spilling anything. I'm doing kind of a slow turn while holding the bottle at uh, probably about 70 degrees tilted. Yes, you are. It, it's it's fascinating just watching that happen. <laughs> Didn't really make the beer much more cloudier, but I think there was a little more sediment that came out with the second bit of roused All right. beer. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely very cloudy, so that it has... The yeast in there. It's got pretty much the color you would want. It's a straw color. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, it, totally dirty, totally dirty and musty, what you want. Yeah, it has. And, a, has uh, we're drinking this beer in the wrong shaped glass. Its yes. head is kind of thin, but you know, if it was in a taller glass, it might have been pushed up and it might stand up like a big, you know, Hefeweizen head does. So, really, we can't uh, accurately judge the head in this beer. It smells very banana. It it smells a little less banana, and there's a little more cloves coming through now that we added. Yeah, there's, the there's clove. Part. There's a little bit of bubble gum there too. Now that we added the second part of the beer, it actually get a little more earthy. A lot of bubble gum now. Bazooka Joe. Hmm. The flavor, the wheat really comes through. That, that big was, tangy wheat. That you was don't, different. It, it's. It is different from most Hefeweizens, where generally with something with that much bananas and flavor, that's generally the primary taste that you taste is those esters. Where this one, you're getting that tanginess, that, that grain, that wheat grain. It's really coming through. It's coming through more than any Hefeweizen that I can think of, really. Yeah, and trying to, to get a better way of, of describing it. It is really tangy. It doesn't taste off. It doesn't taste spoiled. But you do wonder, is it starting to get some kind of bacterial thing going to make it that tangy? Uh, I'm not saying it's spoiled, but it's enough to make you wonder, you know, just a little bit. And you're going to, it's enough to make you pay attention while you're drinking it. You can taste in the background, you can taste the the clovey and the bubblegum mm-hmm. and the banana. It almost has a Blinnerweiss type 
Yeah, there, there, there's something uh, to that there. Yeah, there's a little... So, and, and that could be... I mean, that's, that's, that could be some sort of uh, lactobacillus or something? Yeah, it could be a little lactic infection. Um, you know, some people, and I might be in the same boat, you know, this beer might be improved. You know, I love Berlinerweiss, and they're so hard to find. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if a Hefeweizen gets slightly spoiled and gets a little lactic and tastes like this, you know, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. You know, if I'm judging it on Bavarian Hefeweizen, I might have to ding it, but I'm not. I'm just judging it on how good is the beer in this glass, and I like it. It's pretty good. It's very tasty. It's yeah, it has has a little bit of a bite to it because of that tang. Uh, mm-hmm. The the it pretty heavy, pretty heavily carbonated. Okay, I wanted to try this something, and it, this and Jeff got me some straws to help me out with this because I noticed when I was drinking another carbonated beverage, this was one of the more sugary ones without alcohol. But I noticed that depending on how you what what you were drinking it through, the taste changed. If I was drinking it through a, a glass versus drinking it through a narrower mm-hmm. bottle versus drinking it through a straw, got different flavors and different perceptions sure. out of it. So I want to try with this with the wide mouth and then with the straw and see what the difference is. So again, the wide mouth and did again just for, you know, compared just for control. Mm-hmm. The the wheat is coming through um, tangy a little bit. So here comes the straw. It's different. Now take another sip from the glass, but stop, 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 stop. I watched you sip the first time and you do what good beer drinkers do. You breathe in air over the beer as you're doing it. Try to like void your mouth of air. Keep your lips closed until the beer is touching your lips and then pull it in. It's still different. Is it closer to the straw? It is closer to the straw. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so, again, for the listeners, who, what he did, when we drink beer, and what most of you probably do, you know, but our, our, mouths, thinking about it. our mouths anticipate the beer, and we start sucking in air over the beer, and you get all those volatiles from what's in the glass and over the coming off the beer into your mouth and goes up into your sinus. And really, that's most of what you're ta- a lot of what you're tasting. Mm-hmm. So what I told Greg to do is keep his lips closed, you know, clo- you know, no- close up the cavity in his mouth so his tongue was filling his whole mouth, and then just kind of suck it in slowly without any air. And he said it was a lot more like drinking through the straw. It definitely was. There's what I found interesting was with the colas. The straw and the smaller glass tasted better. Oh. Did not taste better Yeah, well, the straw with the beer. Yeah, I mean, that you're getting, you know, a sugary drink, right? You're talking about the colas, you know. I could definitely see where a sugary drink... And, and there, the levels of carbonation in a soda, I think, is probably a lot higher than in a beer, Considerably, too. yeah. So I, I could see why... I don't have the science why, but I could see how that could be more favorable to drinking that way just it's just a more overpowering but you're thing. definitely getting like a uh um the best way i, I can put it is a, a very tight range of flavors as opposed to the wider range of flavors you do get when you drink with mm-hmm. like jeff said with having your mouth open and you want to twist it around a little bit 
Yeah. Now we're talking. Very muddy for Greg. Uh, With them, the muddier helps bring down some of that. Uh, some of those, uh, I don't know if they were lactic. They're quite lactic. Yeah, some tangy. Yeah, but it's still some tang. Yeah. I wonder how this would taste like in a cask, or in a um, you know, for, or rather not for cask, in, in on tap versus for the bottle. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think it, it's hard to say, right? Because. Uh, keg, you know, it has going to have the dip tube. So the first couple glasses of something that's not filtered is going to be pretty muddy. And then it's kind of going to not be as, you know, it's not going to be like every glass of, you know, every bottle of Hefeweizen has so much yeast where, mm-hmm. you know, once the keg gets all the mud out of the bottom, you know, it's going to be a clearer version of the Hefe, I think, you know, on tap. Which so, is weird to have a clear... Hefe. Well, I don't, Hefe mean, I, don't mean, I don't mean crystal clear. I don't mean the one yeah, you can see through. I ice. can mean one that the only yeast you're getting is the stuff that's up in suspension and not right. the stuff you're rousing from the bottom of your bottle. Right. So it'd be interesting to do a... Uh, I've never done the same Hefe from draft and from bottle. Side by side. It would be. It would be. It's something we should try. I mean, like, if we see Franz's counter on tap at, say, Mad Max, I'm sure they have a Franz... In the fridge as well. Yeah, a sharp edge would definitely have that kind of thing going on. And we could definitely try them side by side, blind. Ooh, now you're talking. We could iPhone record it or whatever. Could do uh, one of those three-way blinds, right, where you can see if you can tell which one's different out of the three. Two or two or draft one's bottle. See if you can tell which one's the bottle. <laughs> That's useful for when things are very similar, yeah. right? This is the North by Northwest Bavarian half. And these were all given to us, by the way, we'd like to say once again, by Bill from Texas. Thank you so much, Bill. Uh, where is North by Northwest? Let's find out. The label's not going to help too much there. The government warning's intact, but that's it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I know that South by Southwest is in Austin. So the question is, where is North by Northwest? The South by Southwest Festival right, is in right. Austin. Um, this is probably an homage for, you know, the opposite of... It's also in Austin. <laughs> Maybe it's a different part of town. Maybe, Maybe it's in the opposite corner of town. Yeah. All right. So what, what styles? We got this guy, which looks like... It's called Old Rat Bastard. It's a winter warmer. You might want to yeah. wait till the end so for that. Old Rat Bastard from Freetail Brewing. Sounds like something we're going to wait off. Wait off. This guy has wax on the label, so you're probably going to wait for him, too. So let's do this one. This is a swing top bottle. Uh, they filled like a growler. This is Uncle Billy's Hop Zombie India Pale Ale. We from, just managed to pick all the Austin beers, I guess. This is also yeah. from Austin. And this is, uh, we're having this tonight mostly because it was filled from growler, and uh, Bill said, you know, he mentioned to drink some several of these beers sooner than later, and especially this one. So he says it wasn't, you know, produced for or wasn't packaged for long shelf life. <clears throat> so this is their Hop Zombie IPA at. Um now I, I'm sure there's some fudging of this number. 
just because I, I doubt they managed to hit this on the head so much. But they say that the alcohol by volume on this is 6.66%. The label only says 6.6. Website that takes an extra liberty there. Uh, aggressively hopped with amarillo oh, hops, Christ. including dry hopping. The resulting ale is loaded with hop aroma, flavor, and bitterness. Uncle this is their. Um, <laughs> so there, there is some marketing speak that that I have gotten into the habit of reading if I find it interesting enough or, or silly enough. We ceremoniously sacrifice Amarillo hops to create an IPA that will please the living dead. <laughs> well, the aroma is pungent. It is no kidding. <laughs> it, it it's an it's a it's a punch of hops. Oh my goodness, that's that's strong. No wonder. The one that's to try this soon, I imagine this would die pretty quickly, you know, after a month or so. I mean, the hop brightness is one thing for sure, yeah. but I think his main concern was carbonation yeah. and oxidation since it was filled off a growler. <laughs> that's just silly. It just smells. It, it smells good. It, it's yeah, but it, it, it smells kind of like when those hop candies taste. It, it, it's this mm-hmm. big concentrated burst of, of Amarillo. There's a bit of that man candy thing going on. It has that, it's so fruity and concentrated. It's starting. It smells sweet. Yeah, and juicy. yeah. I don't know what it's going to taste. You know, it's going to have the, the, the man candy flavor. Out, I'm trying to figure out what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of food or fruit or you know, type aromas that Amarillo is posing as today. Okay, so I smell something along the lines of mango and strawberry. Um, a little bit of pineapple and a hint of agave. Take those and then throw in something a little resiny, like a, like a pine bough or something like that. Just something, just toss just a little bit of pine to kind of drag it. Okay, give it a little more sure. woodsy feel than just you know a tropical fruit salad. Yes, you know? yes. Okay, so yeah, add that with uh, with grind a pine cone on top of that there you go. yeah you got that whole tropical fruit salad thing that Greg mentioned but just give it a little woodsiness smells good here we go mm. well it's not very bitter no which Normally would be something that I'd be like, great, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of I was kind of hoping for a little bit more bitterness than I'm getting here. It's it's it doesn't have a bunch of of sweetness either. It's I think it's pretty sweet. I think the more I drink it, it's gonna just start filling my cheeks. I just had one sip, so yeah. Let me give it some more. It just seemed a little on the sweet side, and not really a, a balance. The bitterness seems light, but the flavor is good. The flavor. You know, it, it's candy-like. You know, there's a bunch of sweetness there. It's juicy. It's fruity. I'm thinking mango, passion fruit along those okay. lines. Yeah. The second sip is starting. Bitterness is starting to build a little bit. My tongue's starting to feel a little, yeah. little yeah. dry, a little, um, little raked. You know, raked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. It's starting to. It took some time to to figure out. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not every beer is going to taste amazing the very first sip, but you get into it. The bitterness is definitely building. Now I'm getting it's sneaky because third, fourth sip, I'm starting to really get the bitterness piling on. 
It's that extra point zero six mm. of the ABV. Oh, that's what's knocking me over, huh? Hop Zombie, very bright beer. Hops are hops are front stage, very well used. You know, some IPAs you'll get and you're like expecting something, and you know it's it's hoppy, but you know there's you know where like malt is really the the main thing, or you know it's just like eh, it's it, it's a it's an IPA. Yeah. Where this one is one of those. Those, these, this is just one of those IPAs where when you're looking for, um, you know, that big West Coast hop flavor, you know, something like Racer Five. But but it's the Amarillo, so it, it kind of it it kind of goes in kind of a tropical direction yeah. with the fruit, but as opposed to sort of a grapefruity or um, orangey type flavor. Yeah, no, absolutely. But when you're looking for something with that big, you know, well, you're looking for man candy, right? I'm not, I'm not you're, not, you're not there. I'm, I'm not giving a man candy status. I, I don't think it has the the sweetness to back it up. I mean, now that I'm drinking more and more of it, the bitterness is adding up in a very nice way, and it's it's not overpowering. But the emerald is there. I like. I, I I really do enjoy this 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 uh, sort of more tropical fruitiness that I'm getting than mm-hmm. the you know the typical grapefruity right you know or 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 you know worse. Uh, Simcoe or something like that, where it's just like it's not even free. It's some kind of strange resiny. Shut your mouth. I like Simcoe. <laughs> I'm not saying Simcoe is bad. I'm saying Simcoe needs to be used. <laughs> Simcoe needs to be used uh, in in beers you don't drink. <laughs> in um, in 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 very small pieces. Simcoe is is can be very important mm-hmm. part of something, but it can't be the whole. All right, so I don't think it really matters which one we do next. I don't think so either. Might as well do the one that's not going to be a bitch to open. The one that's not waxed. <laughs> All right, so uh, that was just Uncle Billy's Hot Zombie IPA. We are moving on to... What's going on which... here? Look at all the funk we got underneath the cap. Look at that. Let me get the head it. Damn it. <laughs> um, okay. Old Bat Rastard from Freetail Brewing. This is a winter warmer coming in at a healthy 9.1% alcohol by volume. This is their 2012 edition. I expect a strong difference between an Am- a strong Amarillo hot IPA and a winter warmer. Yeah, I'd expect uh, something. And now for something completely different. This is from San Antonio, Texas. There's that cheese again. That um, it's funny you say cheese. When I smell it, it smells like uh, it's a little sour. Like think of. Do you remember when we were out in uh, Fort Collins and we were drinking um, those beers right out of the footers at New Belgium? Mm-hmm. I'm getting a smell that reminds me. <laughs> it took me back there. You know they have the beers that they use to make La Folie. They have. Uh, who are the guys from the Odd Couple? Os- 
Oscar and Oscar and Felix. Felix Oscar and Oscar. Felix. So the two two of the main beers that make Lawfully and a lot of their other um, Lips of Faith beers are beers they call Oscar and Felix, and they blend them together. And smelling this, it just it, it accessed one of those memory pathways that took me right back hmm. to drinking beer out of the Fodor at, at New Belgium Brewing. Which was awesome, by the way. If you ever get a chance to do that, do it. Uh, so this is, has two-row aromatic dark crystal, caramunic, and roast malts. Um, they say, they don't tell me what hops they are. It is a natural limestone filtered Edsward, Edwards Aquifer H2O. That's water, for those of you <laughs> who are four or five years old. Water. Water. There's a little bit of that Flandersy thing going on, but it's not the entire aroma. There's a no. It was just it was just what was coming off, yeah, you know, at the very first mm-hmm. pour. Now it's, you know, you mentioned that limestone filtered um, aquifer, and I I want to say I had this in my head before you told me, but it does have kind of a chalky type smell to it, like a rock. Or granite or something. I mean, that's not going to matter. The limestone filtering just means that it's... it's... I, I, well, but you said the word limestone. And, and, you know, you never know how what one person says implants and impresses on another person. Well, I, I have this thing in my... You know, that I'm smelling this kind of thing that's kind of granity. Do you smell anything that's kind of like a granite? It, it, now it, yeah, there definitely could be something there. But what I'm saying is that that's not going to come from the water itself. No, no I didn't think it was. It was yeah. just you saying the word limestone. And whether it... It falsely implant, implanted something in my senses, or it helped me discover it. <laughs> that was falsely implanted. I object. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, talk about, you know, you know, I mean, we're doing very sensory things. And, you know, the color of the room, you always use colors. Uh, you know, things, things just change your perception. Absolutely. And when you say water ran through limestone, you know, I know that wasn't adding a limestone flavor per se to the beer. No, I just want to it, clarify. It added, I'm, not, I'm not trying to... It added certain brewing salts to the beer, yes. And it's a yeah. certain water chemistry. But I'm smelling this thing as kind of a granite-type smell. And I'm wondering... I think I had that in my head before you read the label or the website. The I'm label. not sure. It's not the website. But I'm not sure. So, we haven't tasted this thing yet. Oh, I did. Oh, okay. Well, let me taste this thing. You tell me what you tasted. Okay. And plant some more impressions on me while I'm trying to figure it out. Pretty dark plum. Um, these, uh, uh, kind of close to raisiny, um, a little bit of, of nutmeg, um, Like like a plum pie. There is a little tang, and there's a little little. It has to be an infection in this beer, you know. But there's a little Flandersy thing going on. There's, in there. there's something. It's not much. No, but it, it'll get worse with time. Yeah. And uh, this is the 2012, or, or it'll get better with time because it, while it's not a great Flanders thing right now, it might turn into one in a couple of years. Yeah, because it's it's pulling out a little bit of that sweet tort thing. 
you know, you're getting a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of tang. But yeah, where you were saying plum, raisin. Um, what were the, the, the? I had these. They're really small, and I don't want to describe the color. They weren't dark purple, but they were more of a reddish plum. And little small things about this big, about the uh-huh. uh, size of a silver dollar plum, and. Um, those really remind me of of the um, the flavor here. I'm also yeah. thinking akia berries. Mm. Those little acai. red ones, acai. Is that what they're called? Yeah, acai berries. Um, you know, just these these mm-hmm. dark red fruits. Yeah. Um, this the dark fruity. I wish there was a better word than dark fruit because it, it doesn't. It it sounds like it's saying more than it is. It sounds like you know it's saying. I mean, you did. You said plums, a little bit of raisins. So you're kind of steering people in the whole dark fruit realm a little bit. And you know, I tried a little bit more where not just plums, but or not just well, it is a plum. I, excuse me, but you know, I had these particular plum. It tastes very different from the large purple plums. But you're not really describing what it is and how different how it is. How is it different? It is, um, they were sweeter and not as tart as, you know, what I normally think of a, a large, large purple plum. Uh, I mean, they still had that certain plummy character to it, but, you know, a lot of those large purple plums, they have certain of a little acidic character to it, you know, a little too much vitamin C or something, where these ones were a lot sweeter. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to pick up other flavors besides just plum, because this is not plum. This is not raisin. These, these, these are parts of the flavor, but there's something more complex going on there. There's something deeper. Well, there's the whole infection that's starting to take over the beer too. There, there is that, but, but I, I think that, and that's I, not, and I, that kind of infection generally, you know, I find really destroys any kind of malt character. You really can't talk about the malts when you start getting. This I don't thing. know. I, I, I find the infection to be a small minor player here, uh, and and it, it, I think it still is. You know, torn down any kind of maltiness. You know, any kind of good multi breadiness that you would get out if, of it. If you feel that way, that's fine. I still think there's something interesting and and and, and something notable to talk about in here. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to figure out what what that flavor is. Uh, and and the best, I mean, I'm trying to come up with. Uh, uh, boy, it's so hard. I just don't have a a, a very good reference point. For for this, I, I'm I I, I I've started to come up with things like um, red bean paste. Uh, I'm not even sure what that tastes like. I've seen it, but I don't know it well enough to know what it tastes like. This is a very nice wax on this next bottle. It's very latexy. Yeah, it came off very easily, didn't it's it? It's very latexy. Yeah, I started to tear it. And I just kind of pulled it off like an orange peel on a long strip. Feel it. It's like a latex wax. You could really get your you know BDSM on with that. Are you gonna play the uh, the soundboard no, now? I'm not gonna play that soundboard now. Maybe in the post show. 
I really should get a knife or a razor blade so we can easily open wax things. I used a Phillips screwdriver to kind of chip into it. <laughs> In this house, I'm surprised you don't have a knife somewhere. I do, but not on this table. It's a scissors here, isn't it? Oh, okay. There are scissors. Which I would have seen if you didn't make me dump them out. <laughs> uh, let me try a little bit more of this thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tasting strawberry... Uh, I'm not not ripe, fresh, sweet strawberry. You know, darker, um, older <laughs> strawberry. I guess you could say. Um, oh, you mean actually ripe strawberry? <laughs> in, no, I mean, I, yeah, I guess it's, it's not sour, mm -hmm. but it's kind of a dark, you know, a dark taste. Even even a little bit. Take this. Remove the tang. And just give sort of a blueberry flavor. And there's a little bit there. It's on its way to be a neat Flandersy ale. But like I said, I think I think the beginning of an infection it tore down the malt, so I really can't talk about the malt. There's a lot of fruity esters in there, you know, which we already talked about. It's okay. Uh, I doubt it's what the brewer wanted me to be drinking right now. I'm enjoying it. I'm not. I'm not not enjoying it. I I think if we would have put it on the shelf for two years, it'd be pretty, pretty crazy. But One way or the other, it's a little late for that. Yeah. If only you could like smell through the cap. And right. If only you could. You know, when they like tap a firkin or something, mm -hmm. and they. <laughs> Tastes a little bit I'm like mm, not quite there. Tap the uh, tap the glass with your finger and say, "Oh, it, doesn't, it sounds sounds like it's infected." That's what you need that camera for that we talked about. Oh, exactly. <laughs> the free show. Okay. Now let's get a good rinse on their glasses here, so we don't have any kind yeah. of leftover tart residue. Our last beer of the night is from Ranger Creek Brewing and Distilling. Handcrafted in San Antonio, Texas. This is their small batch series number one, an Oak Age Rye OPA. OPA? Oatmeal Pale Ale. Oh, okay. This will be the first beer titled Oatmeal Pale Ale. I don't think that's on the BJCP guide. <laughs> has a neat aroma on it. Uh, got some oaky. Of course, a very you know very light, you know, per your expectations of oak aged oatmeal pale ale. It pours a nice golden. It's a seven percent alcohol, alcohol by volume, wax dipped, as you know we mentioned, but the kind of latexy wax or, or latexy wax rather. Latexy wax. What's that called? A uh, a uh, spoon something, spooner. I don't know. What oh God! It was bottled on April 9th. and labeled by hand with the bottling. Yeah, there's a QR code if you feel like scanning it with your phone. Probably just takes you to the page you're already looking at. Ranger Creek Brewing, San Antonio, Texas. It's a spoonerism. When you mix up consonants and vowels accidentally. 
Drink a bottle now and save others to enjoy later. They were settled best in a dark place around 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Each batch is brewed and bottled. How many people in Texas have a place at 50 degrees year-round? <laughs> I bet. If you have I mean, a basement. There are, there are people with cellars. Yeah, 50, but... I am in a much cooler climb, and my basement doesn't stay anywhere close to your, 50 degrees. Your basement is not totally underground, either. I guess if you got a real 50 degrees, you almost need a cave. Yeah, yeah, maybe you have a humidor, maybe you have a, a wine cellar. Hmm. Stick my nose in this glass. We talked about the color. Okay, but let, let me explain a little bit. They have a, they have a signature oatmeal pale ale already. They added a rye to the grain beer, to the grain bill, rather. Aged it in oak barrels for a month. Oh, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if Bill sent us the, the plain OPA. I should go look. Let me go look. I think it's worth at go least look. knowing. Go look. So. If I can find the pause button, I will pause. <clears throat> Alright, the fridge is very full. I do not think that... I think I got something. Nah, it's right. The, the fridge is very full. I do not think it's in there. Um, so we're just going to go with the barrel-aged version of the... They, they, they say something interesting here. Uh, we unknowingly use the wax. It may impart a slight odor. Do not be alarmed. It has no effect on the beer inside. Oh, yeah. the wax does stink. Smell the wax. Yeah. That damn sex latex wax. <laughs> Punch and hop on this thing. It's, um... Let's see if I can... Is that... Is well, I mean, I can tell you what they use in the OPA. Uh, they use Centennial and Amarillo. Hmm. This smells almost like one of the... That's funny because the last one was Amarillo and it was so... It's tropical and stuff. And this one's a lot more towards the cat pee side of the fence, you know? This one's a lot yes, more... Yes, yes. Well, well, there's, you know, there, there's that, that hint of, of like, uh, the passion fruit and the, uh, and, um, uh, what's that, uh, spice? The, um, paradise, the grains of paradise. There's a little bit of that in there. There's something very dank in the aroma of this one. Are you getting that? No? Not so much. I'm getting something horribly dank in the aroma. It's just, it's not oak. It's not, it doesn't really smell like an infection. I, I really had to dial it into what the hops were. I thought it was a very aggressive, you know, urine type hop. But Greg's smelling something still fruity, so. Hmm. Hmm. It's different. Oh, give it time. I'll give it, it time, but my first sip, first impression is it's very tart and tangy. It's breaded. This beer is bread. This beer got bread tannomyces in it. You think so? Oh yeah, absolutely. Here, taste my glass. This is this tastes like it was almost fermented with bread. It's so so tart. Is yours good and mine? <laughs> we got two different beers out of the same glass. Mine isn't quite the same. Yours is stronger, but I definitely taste the bread in yours. 
Yeah, it's in yours, but yes. You want to pour it back and forth and balance yeah, them out? Yeah, let's balance. I uh, did pour Greg's first, so mine was closer to all the gunk in the bottom. Right. The Jeff's is unmistakably breaded. Mine was... was it, it evolved in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jeff and Jeff got... got so we, we just mixed and we now have so a So now we're tasting the same thing. Yeah. Even though top of the bottle might have been a better beer. <laughs> the stuff that was further away from the yeast. And closer to the stinky wax. <laughs> it's weird because you would think that Brett wouldn't get through the wax. Oh, I don't. I, I think the Brett probably got in the barrel. That's probably, yeah. If it was aged only a month, that's all it takes. Well, well there might have been just a little bit of baby Brett in the, bo- in the barrel, right? And it probably didn't start. And when then it got bottled in April, and it's been eaten away. Mm-hmm. It's been doing its little thing on all the sugars that it can eat that Saccharomyces can't eat in the bread. It didn't really pour too foamy, so it really didn't, you know, create much CO two. But it 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 did some work on the spear. Yes. Not, I think, what they what they wanted. Here's what they say on their site. Here's their. <laughs> Here's what they say to expect out of the flavor. I don't usually say this, but because this is bread, I don't want to say what they expect out of the flavor. Um, soft malt sweetness highlighted with spicy and earthy rye malt, toasted coconut, soft pineapple, apricot, citrus, floral hot flavor, and aroma with a dry finish of oak. The bread kind of destroys almost all of that. Yeah, it doesn't taste like an IPA. You know, or if it does, it tastes like a... Uh, Brett fermented, and this explains my whole confusion with the aroma. I was I knew it was an O P A, so I was trying to tie what I was smelling into hop terms, and the closest thing I come to was cat pee. But really, it makes more sm- sense when you smell it, and you can tie it into that leathery kind of barnyard type character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this one. Being wax dipped means it's probably not very much different from the other ones that are out there. Well, the ones the 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 two hundred or so bottles that came from the barrel that this one came from. Yeah, that's true. There could there there probably multiple barrels, and maybe there wasn't a barrel. They could have blended them, you know, in a bright tank before they bottled them, or they might have came from a barrel. I would probably presume they probably blended them, so it could be a widespread issue. Um, they don't say the, anything about it on the page. The beer, the beer still. I'm enjoying the beer, but it is absolutely not what the brewer had intended. This is the Ranger Creek Small Batch Series Number One, and it's the first time doing a small batch series. Yeah. Um, you know, Bill probably has one of these, so you know, Bill, let us know, or I'll, maybe I'll I'll try to remember to email you, but let us know the beers that we got that had infections tonight. Let us know if you're Ver- copies of these beers had anything similar. You hate to oh, think this the, wax really stinks. Get the hell out of here. You hate to think the infection comes from the uh, the the FedEx or whatever. <laughs> no, he just said he's they came right before I went on vacation, so they've been in my fridge for about a week, so it really has not been that long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for infected beers, they all spoiled in a Pretty good way. None of them were undrinkable. 
there were definitely so, so the Uncle Billy's was not the was not infected, and the uh, the, the old beer was, dead was not infected. infected. But yeah, the um, the Bavarian Hefeweizen tastes like a Berliner Weiss. The old ale from Freetail Brewing warm. tasted ales, winter warmer. Winter warmer tasted same thing. Not really. Kind of, sort of. I I would say they're they're distinctly different. Okay, so the winter warmer from Freetail Brewing was uh, tasted like a Flanders something or another, and the small batch number one from Ranger Creek, their oak aged OPA. Like Do you taste the oak at all? A little bit at the end. Yeah. It tastes like a breaded IPA. Yeah, it's not bad, but it tastes like a beer that was fermented with Britannomyces and aged. Yeah. For, well, I mean, it's been four months. Yeah, that's about right. The flavor's about right on that. All right. Ready to rank? Um, yeah, sure. I can rank this thing. Go ahead. The, um, those suckers. So, again, I'm, keep in mind, I'm not judging per BJCP judging styles. I'm just judging on how I enjoyed these beers. Absolutely. So, even a breaded beer that wasn't supposed to be a breaded beer still tastes pretty good. Uh, but, you know, for the number one beer of the night, I'm going to put Alteration from Hops and Grain. That was, maybe I'll give it a little bit of a bonus because it was clean. Because it, it was spot on, yeah. But it was still very good. Stick Alt. Best <laughs> one I've had from the United States of America. America. Um, number two. F yeah. See, I liked... I liked how the Bavarian Hefeweizen had a Berliner Weiss thing going on. I liked that a lot. But, you know, the Hop Zombie was not infected. In, or, yeah, well, it was not infected, right? That was not infected. Yeah. yeah. So it was not infected. And it had it really used the hops well. It brought the hops out. Mm-hmm. It, it brought the hops. Oh, it certainly did. And... Uh, and they were well used. They were, you know, it wasn't some retarded monkey throwing hops in a brew kettle. They used it the right way. So I'll give them number two. Number three. That's 6.66. Oh, fire your marketing person. But other than that, let's put the uh, Blitter Vice slash Bavarian Hefeweizen in from North by Northwest 3rd. Let's put. Um. I'll put the breaded beer, the Ranger Creek. These are both not applicable, right? But the um, Ranger Creek Small Batch Number 1, fourth, and the Old Bat Rastered from Freetail, fifth. Okay. Um. Relatively close. Uh, or, or very similar to, to Jeff in mine. Number one, I have to go with that alteration. That was it, that was my favorite beer of the night, and not what I expected when Jeff pulled out an off beer was for it to be my favorite beer of the night. There it is. It, uh, not only was it spot on uh, in, in terms of obviously what the brewer intended, it's kind of a a nice thing you get with cans. It's 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 hard to to mess up. It, know, it's possible, uh, yes, but know. it's it's harder to mess up than bottles. Uh, you would say the same thing about a wax bottle. That's you know, the, but then again, that got messed up. 
Yeah, what I mean, you, you know, we've talked about the merits of cans. No light striking, no oxygen infiltration. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, those are the two advantages. You, If you put a dirty beer into a can, it's going to come out dirty beer. Yeah. So you got to make sure you have good cleanliness up to the canning point. Um, but, you know, all these, all the bottled beers have, all, they're fighting a battle the whole way through the supply chain. Exactly. Know? So until, you know. Until the only, today. the only battle that, that cans fight is with heat. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hop Zombie number two. Um, well, heat and time. Heat and time, sure. Uh, Hop Zombie number two, like Jeff. And then gets a little bit different because I would probably go with the the old Bat Rastard as my number three. Not only did I kind of like the way it was going, but I think that um, if you got it sort of non-Flanders, it would be even better. I sort of liked the fruitiness that was there and that I was trying to describe. Mm-hmm. I was trying to describe it because I liked it so much. So I, you know, I really enjoyed that. Then I'll go with the... Uh, the North by Northwest, which was it was good, but I've had better hefts, even from you know just around here. And yeah, the the single batch just doesn't uh, a breaded IPA is not going to hold up against these beers. All right, sounds good. Thank you everybody for listening to our Texas show of Craft Beer Radio. Yes. And we'll see you again next time with another exciting episode. Exciting episode. There you go. Exciting episode of Craft Beer Radio. Who shot JR, baby? It sounds more like a sci-fi show, doesn't it? It sounds like Dallas, man. It's iconic. <laughs> All right, we're out. We're See you out. later. <laughs>